How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR. IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Zockey. Welcome into the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan, Jeff Orlowski, the Polish pipe bomb here. Time to talk some racing. Steve Zaki, he is not in studio today. He is at his second home, the uh, palatial uh, Zaki estate down in Indianapolis for uh, the uh, Grand Prix of Indy weekend. So uh, I'm filling in, Got sitting in the big chair today, and... Uh, let me tell you, it feels nice. It feels nice. Uh, we got tons to get to, obviously, racing news all over the map. Uh, let's bring in Dennis Michelson and talk some NASCAR. Final inspection. Final inspection. Now, Dennis Michelson of D-Mike Media is here to give us the inside track on NASCAR and the world of short track racing. And to hear from Dennis, we turn to the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Mr. Michelson, how are we doing today, buddy? We are doing fantastic. All right. Well, uh, let's get the sad news out of the way from the world of uh, of NASCAR. Team owner Mike Mittler, uh, he passes away. What were some of your memories of, uh, of Mike? Well, Mike was one of the coolest guys that you ever meet in the sport. Uh, world, of course, Mittler uh, machine, one of the most successful companies uh, making machinery that uh, helps to make a lot of the engines for uh, race cars and different parts and pieces. And Mike uh, was a character. Okay. Having a little problems with your phone. I know Dennis is on his way out to uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, he's going to be calling the ultimate Frisbee game uh, out there with, with the Chicago team going up against, uh, I would imagine, the Pittsburgh team since that's where they're headed. Uh, I will try to uh, to get Dennis back on the phone here uh, right now, and we can continue our conversation with him. Uh, Sam, can you call Dennis for me, please? Um, truck race last night from Kansas. You know... Stuart Friesen, man, had the race won, had it won. Stuart Friesen, he comes in for his final pit stop, 
and uh, gets gets two tires. They drop the jack. The guys are running around to uh, change his other two tires, and Friesen takes off out of the box. Didn't get enough fuel. He's leading the race. He's got a, a you know a semi decent lead. It was a nice three way fight for uh, for the lead there at the end. But uh, but Friesen had that race won, man, and uh, and then he runs out of gas with two and a half laps to go. Let's see if we got Dennis's phone back. Uh, Dennis, what did you think about uh, what happened with Friesen last night in that truck race? Oh my goodness, that was a, a pit road mistake more than anything else because they should have had plenty of fuel, but clearly they didn't get enough into the truck. And then young racer out front doesn't know that he's got to, you know, maybe save a little bit. So uh, that was kind of interesting. But it was kind of a weird thing right before we got cut off there. Uh, we were talking about Mike Mittler, and it was kind of a, a very weird sort of uh, the racing gods uniting last night because Nice Motorsport, who ended up getting the win with the Watermelon Man, Ross Chastain, uh, was, was kind of fitting. For, uh, for a tribute to Mike because his team did more with uh, less and Nice Motorsports perfect example of that in the truck series. Yeah, absolutely. That uh, you know, and I agree with you. It was definitely a pit road mistake. They should have had enough fuel in there. They end up about four uh, four miles short, and uh, you know, two and a half laps to go, and and you sit there and you run out of gas. You know, Friesen has finished second so many times. He had last night's race uh, won until uh, until that error. I just don't understand why communication is so hard. You know, you would think that everybody knows the difference between we're taking two tires and we're taking four tires. You would think two and four, since they sound nothing like each other, should be easy to understand, Dennis. Yeah, but in this case, I think it was more of a more of a mistake of, of just, you know, with, with these new fueling rigs that they uh, moved to about four or five years ago, you know, it sounds funny, but the guys are still getting used to having no catch can man in the back to, to really let them know when they're, they're really connected to this rig. So sometimes they don't get as much gas in the car as they think they're getting in the uh, race car or race truck. And I, I think that was uh, just as much the problem last night. Yeah, you know, but obviously, you know, the team was going around the other side to sit there and uh, and and change change the other t- uh, the other tires as well. So it just uh, yeah, very very bizarre. And this isn't the first mistake they made on pit lane this year. So you know, teams got all the money in the world. They have the best equipment. They got a, a really good young driver, but. They're, uh, they're shooting themselves uh, in the foot so often they've run out of toes by now. Oh, you got that right. Uh, before we get to uh, tonight's race in Kansas, what did you make of uh, Kyle Bush's comments after last week's race? Oh, it was absolutely hilarious to uh, see Kyle Bush mouth it off and then every, everybody uh, quick to say, oh, it's only because he didn't win the race. This is the guy that won the first uh, car of tomorrow race at Bristol and threw the, the package under the bus right after winning the race. In fact, in victory lane, was trashing the, the new car. So this is nothing new from Kyle, and I have to agree with him. Uh, high downforce, low horsepower packages do not give the best racing for NASCAR, especially in a track like Dover. 
uh, looking at those corner speeds, they're absolutely crazy. You know, they, they come down on the power with the tapered spacer with the idea of reducing speed, and the guys speed up because of the extra nine inches of, uh, of spoiler now on the back of these uh, race cars. So not surprised to see that. I was actually very happy to see uh, Bob Levine from Levine Family Racing actually echo Kyle's uh, sentiment. Uh, NASCAR needs to do something to dumb down this aero package. I've been screaming for years, wrote an article this week over at frontstretch.com, that the only way to solve what we're having the problem with and what Kyle's complaining about isn't a tweak. It's a major rule change. Get rid of the front splitter. Get rid of the side gear. Dirty up the air. Give them back the horsepower. Yeah, the drivers will moan and complain because now the cars and trucks are too hard to handle, but it'll give us better racing. Yeah, absolutely, and I couldn't agree with you more. It, uh, you know, I don't understand the same thing. I don't understand the people that said that Bush was just whining because he didn't win because that was the exact same thing that popped into my head with that whole car of tomorrow fiasco, and he throw, he wins the race, and he throws the package under the bus. Kyle Bush, you know, love him or hate him, uh, you know, he is so good for NASCAR. He will tell you exactly what's on his mind. And he's very smart, and it's hard to argue with what a lot of what he says. Uh, then you had Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott, who both basically came out and said, you know, we feel like our voices aren't being heard. We tell, you know, NASCAR what we think as drivers, what the uh, teams think uh, as well, and NASCAR just makes up their mind and does what they want. It's kind of weird, Dennis, because, you know, I think NASCAR, they finally admitted that the uh, group qualifying was a disaster, and so now they're back to single-car qualifying. So they admit their mistake there and go back to the way it was. Now, you know, you would think it would be easy for them to admit that this whole aero package and downforce should be a mistake and they should go the other way. Yeah, here's the problem, um, and this is why they've done what they have done with this package is when they were running the front balance, when they were doing all these things, guys started running these real, you know, just laid-out packages that were sucking down to the ground. They tried to put a minimum height break in there. That was hard to uh, enforce. So they got the brilliant idea. Well, we put a splitter and this huge pan on the bottom of the car. That will limit how low a car can go because guys aren't want to bounce off that splitter. So they tried to do this because technology is sort of the thing that, you know, once the technology genie is out of the bottle, you can't step them back in. But they went with a different solution that has not worked, just like when they put the wing on the, on the car tomorrow and when the car turned backwards, it, it went airborne because, you know, what is downforce in a wing, uh, when you turn it around, it's now lift. But, you know, they'll, they'll figure it out. There's smart people over there and, you know, Steve O'Donnell and all the folks uh, at NASCAR, the one thing I'm impressed with is that they're actually listening to what the fans have to say, not so much listening to their drivers because the drivers will complain a lot, um, and they don't like it when the drivers and the teams complain publicly because it makes NASCAR look bad. But, uh, you know, the interesting thing is they, they say, oh, you know, we're, you know, they, they kind of made fun of, uh, of Kyle Busch's comments in a way, and then two days later announced they were going to have arrow changes for some of the tracks. So NASCAR is listening, but, you know, it, it's, it's tough. They're in a box where they, if they do, you know, this, then the crew chiefs will do this and cause another problem. 
but uh, the biggest problem now is that, you know, they've just got too high-tech. You know, a lot of us old folks tuned in to NASCAR because we love good old redneck racing, and now it's Formula One with fenders. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, you make anything of uh, Stuart Haas having the top four spots in the race tonight. They qualify one through four. Harvick got the pole. Uh, and his three teammates, two, three, and four. You think this is finally the week Stuart Haas uh, scores a victory? Well, if Harvick's pit crew can keep from making mistakes, uh, they might actually get it done. He's been very fast. What it tells me is that they've had the fastest cars all along, but they haven't been playing the group qualifying games as well as some of the other teams. So not surprised at all because over on frontstretch.com this week, Mr. Kevin Harvick was my pick to click. All right, so you're you're sticking with Kevin, huh? Kevin for the win. Yep, Mr. Kevin Harvick is going to get the win uh, this week. Uh, after my uh, Daniel Suarez out on the limb pick, I am uh, getting back on a solid branch this week. <laughs> yeah, my uh, Alex Bowman one actually turned out fairly decent. He had a good shot there. Uh, towards the end of the second segment, and then you know he ends up finishing second, but. Uh, but, yeah, I, uh, I thought there was a chance for my long shot to come in last week. Yeah, yeah my horse picks work better for the Kentucky Derby than my pick hit for the NASCAR race, which I'm supposed to be an expert on. But, you know, I will point out that one of my horses interfered with the other one of my horses. Um, otherwise, it's been a whole, been a whole different uh, outcome with my long shot coming in. Nice. Yeah, that uh, that's a whole nother fiasco. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Dennis, I want to appreciate uh, your knowledge, and thank you for uh, for joining us here today. Well, you're very welcome. Always a pleasure to uh, to join Mr. Arlowski when he has to stop for uh, Mr. Highfalutin Indy guy. Oh, yeah, he's probably sipping champagne, pinky in the air, you know, red carpet treatment, all that kind of stuff down there, so... You know, he uh, he leaves me uh, chained here in the studio. What what can I say, Dennis? I don't, you know. Yeah, yeah. His his biggest decision today was who has got the best buffet at one of the luxury suites. <laughs> Must be nice. Must be nice. Dennis, enjoy the racing this weekend, and uh, and have a great time uh, calling that game for the uh, ultimate frisbee league out in Pittsburgh today. All right, Jeff. It's frisbee football. It's exciting. Go wildfire! Uh, you know, next week is big, uh, big game. You got to come down to uh, Elmhurst, Illinois, and watch the boys play Madison. It'll be, uh, it'll be a thrill. It's like the Packers and the Bears, man. Hey, my favorite breakfast restaurant, Our Kitchen, is in uh, Elmhurst, Illinois. I love it. So I grew up uh, about fifteen minutes from there. Very cool. Very cool. All right, Dennis. Have a great weekend, buddy. All right, take care. Thank you. There's Dennis Michelson from D-Mike Media. He joined me on a great Midwest Bank hotline. Looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019? Look no further and call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank providing simply local common sense lending to your community since 1935. When we come back, Mr. Steve Zaki, the, uh, the, the whiner, the diner, the highfalutin, high society man himself, will join his own show. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove and David Hobbs Honda right here on 105.7 FM, The Fan.
Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan, Jeff Orlowski, filling in for the man himself, Mr. Steve Zaki. But never fear, Steve is here on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, live from Indianapolis, the Grand Prix of Indianapolis. Steve, how's it going down there? It's so far so good. Uh, we got our fingers crossed. It's actually uh, pretty nice this morning. The sun was out. It's been overall cool. I think we're similar in temperatures across the Midwest, but uh, the sun was out, and now the clouds have moved in. We're expecting rain. They initially said that it's going to start raining at 3 o'clock and pretty much rain all the way through. Then they started to back it off this morning. And then looking at the radar, the uh, way it's moving, it might it's not going to miss us, but I, it might not be as bad. Uh, I'm just hoping that we get just enough rain to make things interesting in the race. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that wouldn't be bad, that's for sure. What uh, what happened in final practice? Well, first of all, first, uh, I want a uh, spoiler alert for those listening uh, on online and uh, on the air. Uh, the Indy Lights Grand Prix uh, just completed uh, their second race. Yesterday, as Robert McGinnis won, there was a pair of races, and then uh, a race today is Renus VK for Yunko's Racing. Uh, pretty much dominated from the beginning. McGinnis made a move in the first corner, first and second corner combination, got to the grass and fell back to about eh, about sixth or seventh. Worked his way back up uh, to third, and then uh, Oliver Askew finished third past him. Zachary Clayman, uh, who ran some IndyCar races last year, but is back full time in the lights this year. Uh, for Bellardi finished second. So a rather entertaining, a great, great uh, battle though, between Askew and McGinnis going back and forth on the road course here uh, just before. And like I said, the race just completed. And then the uh, IndyCar race should be starting here in about an hour and uh, about an hour and a half or so after all the, they move all the dogs and the ponies off the front straightaway. Nice. Nice. I, uh, with rain in the forecast, uh, I'm surprised they haven't moved it up a little bit. But like you know, like you said, well, I think it might be because of uh, TV. The old adage, you know, TV rules all. So that's why we have uh, the such the odd late hour of the day here. All right, I hear you. Uh, any good news coming out of qualifying for the Grand Prix of Indianapolis? Yeah, it was Felix uh, Rosenquist uh, was your winner of the pole. pole. It was it was quite if, if fans of this is kind of like what NASCAR wanted was you know the the, the top ten basically changing uh, you know for each session and then finally for the final six. I mean, you had the top four. It was really going at it at that last minute with uh, drivers trying to top each other, and it was rookie uh, Felix Rosenquist winning his first pole for uh, Ganassi Racing. James Harvey looked like he was going to be on the pole. didn't look like anybody was going to pass him. And right at the end, Rosenquist got him. And then right just after qualifying, but, you know, you get to complete your lap, Scott Dixon nipped him uh, for the front row. So it's a Chip, Chip Ganassi front row with Rosenquist and uh, Dixon. And uh, James Harvey, though, with uh, Michael Shank Racing, that's uh, affiliated with the, with the Schmidt-Peterson uh, team uh, qualified third, and uh, they were quite ecstatic. That's a that's a part-time team that that's uh, running more races this year, and they're kind of working them, you know, working themselves up. And uh, 
Harvey's uh, had a couple good races, and he had a couple bad races, and they're looking to kind of regain their composure here. They were just hoping to get in the top 12, and they were quite ecstatic to be uh, to end up qualifying in the top three. Yeah, I bet. I bet that uh, that's huge for uh, for that whole team and uh, and James Harvey himself. So uh, starting yeah. near the front, that's fantastic. Yeah. On the opposite end, you got Tony Kanan with uh, EJ Foyt Racing. Just been struggling yesterday and today, and even in the warm up today, uh, you know, through his uh, gloves down in disgust, he just cannot get any speed out of that car. Mateus Lice, his teammate, was actually looking pretty good in the first session. Looks like he might transfer in uh, to, the, to the next session, but unfortunately did not. So, struggles once again for the H.J. Foyt Racing. And uh, Patricio Ward had some issues this morning, but. Uh, uh, a couple surprises, uh, Santino Ferrucci, who we're going to have on the show in the next half hour here, uh, he did pretty good. And uh, Simon, Sam, Simon Pagino, uh did the best uh, of the of the Penske team, but then it was Will Power right at the end was able to get himself into that top six. So um, some surprises. Ed Jones, I think, would be a surprise for Ed Carpenter Racing. He ended up in that Firestone Fast Six. And uh, ended up fifth with uh, Colton Herta, who's been just, you know, he's the cat's meow so far this year, winning at Coda. You know, 18-year rookie qualifies uh, fourth at uh, in the Indianapolis Grand Prix in the road course. It's going to be really, really interesting how he does uh, next week in qualifying here at the Speedway. Are they going to be able to contend for the pole for the front row at Indianapolis? And how how well does that translate into race day here? So a lot of things uh, building up as we uh, work forward to uh, the Indianapolis 500 here in two weeks. Do you think that a good qualifying effort or a good finish in the Grand Prix of Indianapolis could carry over and you can use that momentum for the 500, or are they two completely different animals? Um, I think to a young team like uh, for Michael Shank Racing and, 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 and Jack Harvey, it does. Uh, but... You know, I, I no for Team Penske, Ganassi, and these guys are totally different animals. Uh, you know, traditionally tomorrow's an off day at the track, but uh, it's a lot of some some teams will be coming in here, switching over their cars or, or moving or pulling out the, uh, the the cars that they got that are going to run for on the oval. So I mean, it, it, it's a totally different animal, totally different mindset. Uh, today, especially if it's raining, it's going to be a lot of uh, what these what you know these guys have lived for is is going toe to toe in the rain and where you can it really equalizes the tires. So there's I know there's a few drivers that are really looking forward to it. Uh, Colton Herta had an interesting quote earlier today. He was like, you know, some guys uh, some guys really look. You know, some guys want the rain, and there's probably a few drivers that don't want it because they don't really know how well they're going to do on it yet. So, Yeah, you're listening to Steve Zaki on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline here on the Final Inspection Show, Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Uh, Steve, was there any any kind of surprises in final practice today down there, or was it pretty much kind of kept the, uh, the same thing as qualifying? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, like I said, just uh, – Frustrating part, uh, Patricio Ward had uh, an issue. Um, Herta had a very minor issue this morning. I don't think he had a, a stall on pit lane, but 
Uh, just, you know, frustrating from some of the teams, especially like with Tony Kanan. That's going to be the main issue is, well, you know, can you do anything? And that, you know, that's kind of an interesting point. You know, you were talking about, you know, road course to ovals because Kanan's uh, been really looking forward to getting down to the oval because he was probably one of the three fastest cars last year in the second half of the race and had the mechanical issues. So he's kind of had the I had the feeling that, you know, hey, Indianapolis owes me one a little bit from last year, if, if not the win, but a, or a very good finish. So you wonder where if, if he's getting frustrated enough, you know, how they look on the road courses. You know, we've been all road course uh, tracks so far this year. You know, how does he feel, you know, this this week when he gets on the oval? Is he is, is I don't think his confidence is blown. But you know, in the back of my mind, is he if 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 if, he, if the car comes off the off the transporter a little bit slow, is he immediately going to get frustrated again? Is he going to be able to get past that? Because if he can't, you know, there's been issues like well, the one I'm thinking of is Nelson Piquet, the Formula One driver, who would get frustrated with yellow flags and not being able to put some laps in, and a yellow flag comes on, he lets off the gas and frustration. The car whips around and he breaks both his legs. So. I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen to Kanan. I'm just saying it'll be interesting to see if he's, you know, if, if if he does have some issues right off the bat, does does that transfer over his feelings that he's been having the last few days? Yeah, well, he's probably looking forward to running the oval. I'm sure with all the struggles that he's had, he's tired of these road courses. Uh, what? Uh, any truth to the rumors that you're kicking field goals with Adam Vinatieri down there? <laughs> yeah, Adam Vinatieri. He's been around. Uh, He's partnered with uh, Dr. Jack Miller. Some of the fans may remember Dr. Jack, um, not especially a fantastic race car driver back in the IRL days, but uh, made the field a few times. And uh, he's the the racing dentist and uh, was sponsored by Crest and a few other uh, dental-related sponsors uh, back around 1997, 98 in Atlas. And he has a son. Uh, he's been bringing through the ranks, and his son and, and Adam uh, Benatieri's kid went to school together, and they both kind of did the go-karts together. Uh, Adam's uh, son kind of drifted back towards, you know, football, soccer, and baseball, whereas uh, uh, Dr. Jack's son is uh, really taking to auto racing and that. So they have a, a Formula 2000 team, and for those who follow the ladder, that you, you guys know what that is, but for those not familiar with the kind of like the ladder, the open wheel ladder system is Formula 2000. It would be kind of equivalent to like double or single A baseball. So you go through um, Formula 2000, and the next step would be uh, Pro Mazda, then Indy Lights, and then, uh, you know, of course, the major leagues, IndyCar racing. So uh, he's been out here, and it's a two car team uh, Adam Vinatieri and uh, uh, Dr. Jack. So you got Dr. Jack's son. And then the other driver is Ruben Barrichello's son is running in this series. So two red cars, number 41 and 42. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how how they progress. But he was around. He's been on TV doing a bunch of media yesterday and that. So uh, kind of neat seeing uh, him. In, uh, and he looks like he has less gray, too. But I, I <laughs> did re-sign him. So he'll be kicking one more year for the, for the Colts. Nice. Nice. Uh, so if you're heading to the window uh, for the Grand Prix of Indianapolis, who's your pick to win? Um, boy, I like Colton Herta. 
Um, even though in the past, uh, it's it's uh, for the was it four or five races now. Uh, it's been somebody in the top four, and Will Power uh, actually swept him on something last year, winning from the pole, and it, winning from the pole is kind of like the way to do it. So I guess your your money pick would have to be Rose, uh, Felix Rosenquist with Ganassi, but you got the Ganassi out or uh, Scott Dixon on the front row, Jack Harvey who's uh, been kind of, like, popular. Everybody's been cheering for Jack Harvey. And then, of course, the young buck, uh, Colton Herta, the Harding-Steinbrenner racing. So it'll be interesting to see how those four go, uh, you know, battle head-to-head, especially if we get rain here, which they will race in the rain at Indianapolis on the road course today. So it'll be uh, that could make some very interesting uh, television. So I'm, I'm going to go with Colton, Colton Herta as my pick, though. All right, I'm going to take Harvey as mine, and uh, we'll see. We'll Jack see. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Young driver, and like I said, Michael Shank racing uh, with their affiliation with Schmidt Peterson, but uh, coming over from, from the IMSA ranks and that, uh, be interesting to see. Uh, uh, you know, Jack Harvey was a young young driver, talented kid, came up through the ranks, and kind of was in no man's land for a good year and a half, two years, and uh, I did a celebrity softball game with him about uh, two years ago and you know the poor kid he was uh you know here's a kid from england good looking kid talented race car driver and he's stuck in uh you know in the middle of indiana hanging out with me and a few other people at a at a charity baseball meet it's like i don't think that's what he was thinking when he came over to america to promote his racing career but it was a good time he's a good kid and I'm really glad that he's back behind the wheel. It's well-deserved. Nice. Well, I'm sure he thought it was great hanging with you. As always, you know you hit the big time when you're hanging with uh, <laughs> the Z-Man there. Uh, who's your pick real quick for NASCAR before we take this break? Uh, see, yeah, I guess uh, Stuart Haas looks very good down there, so, what, sweeping the top four. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Eric Amarola. All right, and I'm going to take uh, I'm going to steal Dennis Michelson's pick from last week and go with Daniel Suarez to get his first okay. win. So all three of us picked, uh, he went Harvick. So all three of us went Stuart Haas this week. So that means put your money on everybody but Stuart Haas. No, that means uh, go with the Clint Boy or hometown boy. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> all right, Steve, have a great time down there. We'll see you back in studio next week, boss. Yeah. Coming down here getting uh, interviews for the listeners. We got uh, was it Santuni, Santino Ferrucci. I did an interview with him yesterday. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. And, uh, I'll be back down here, too, the following week. And uh, just, uh, you know, Indianapolis is a special place in the month of May. And I hope the listeners enjoy the ride. All right. Thank you, Steve. We'll talk next week, buddy. All right. Take care. All right. That was Steve Zaki. Join me on a great Midwest Bank hotline. Looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019. Look no further. Call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank, providing simply local common sense lending to your community since 1935, you're listening to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back. Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Jeff Orlowski, the Polish pipe bomb, sitting in. For Steve Zaki today, uh, you just heard from him on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, and uh, he did talk that uh, yesterday 
Uh, Steve sat down with Santino Ferrucci and uh, and talked to him. We're going to bring you that interview right now. Steve Zotke with the Final Inspection Show down in Indianapolis. I'm here with Ricky Santino Ferrucci, who drives for Dale Coyne Racing. And uh, Santino, you kind of kind of eased in last year. Some road course races had some results. Uh, did quite well, I think surprised a few people, but this year, kind of going into, into the deeper end of the pool, so to speak, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, so famous and that, what does Indianapolis mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I think, looking back at this, to have the Indianapolis 500 as the first oval race of your career next to your name is something special, I mean, you can't, can't knock that by any means, you know, it's probably the greatest race in the, in the world, so to be going in at 20 years old, you know, first season in IndyCar is kind of fun it's kind of exciting a little scary all the above but uh you know it's gonna be a long month and uh, i look forward to taking day by day now you come over from racing in europe and that and david hobbs is a friend of the show we were talking about this last week about how the indianapolis or the indycar circuit has really kind of risen in terms of the worldwide uh, you see guys like marcus erickson and that uh, indycar racing kind of is a viable option, isn't it, for younger drivers if uh, if there isn't a ride available? It's like a good fallback, or how, how, how do you come about to ending up in IndyCar season, series? To be honest with you, I mean, I was kind of getting fed up with Europe, I and mean, it's, it's really hard to just sit there and travel a nine-hour flight to get mm-hmm. to Italy and time change, language barrier, a bunch of other things, you know. And, you know, the, the mood there is different. It, it's very, very straight. You know, there's no fun. There's no time for laughs. There's no family. I mean, here you come back, not not to mention you have all of those things, but the racing in general. I mean, in F2 and GP3, you know, it's still exciting, And but you sit in a line. It's kind of how it is. You can't push as a driver. You have only one lap in qualifying, and, you know, you don't get a lot of seat time. That matter. You come back to IndyCar, you can push 85 laps of an 85-lap race. You can race people hard. There's fuel strategy involved. There's tire strategy. There's pit stop strategy. You know, there's a lot more working parts to it that necessarily, you know, F1's just a little bit more kind of like this is how it goes. You do one stop, you have a full fuel load, you know, and it's fun. I, I enjoy the racing. No, you just went through rookie orientation program a couple weeks ago, and Pancho Carter is your, is your spotter. Uh, veteran he's been spotting now in the series for many years uh, how is that going with Pancho? Pancho, knowing Pancho as long as i have and and kind of followed his career when i was younger he's certainly the straight shooter isn't he <laughs> oh yeah so he was co- he was coaching me pretty good in the rookie orientation i didn't even make it out of the first lap turn one and i'm already getting told what to do so can't complain if i i couldn't have anyone better in my ear uh, as far as Pancho and you know, it's it's like a confidence booster going into the 500. I know I got great guys around me. I have Michael Cannon as my race engineer. Poncho up as my spotter. Poncho's son is my second spotter up in turn three. So a lot of guys that you know are super people that you can trust that you know have been around long enough, that raced long enough, that understand the game, and that they can help you play with the veteran drivers. Because there's a lot of things that the veteran drivers do that the rookies don't know. You know, and stuff like 20 years in the sport that teaches you those things, and that's something that I don't quite have yet. So, you know, having them that have been through everything, it's, it's like having a little advantage almost. 
on here, uh, Steve Zotke here with the Final Inspection Show, talking with uh, Santino Ferrucci down in Indianapolis. Um, coming from a road racing background, we've had drivers come on where they said Indianapolis, it's, it's not as hard of a transition, so to speak, as one would think, because in a way you can drive it like a road course. The long, Some of the long turns, I, it's been explained, they're kind of like spa and other tracks. Did, did you kind of see that at all? I mean, being in an oval, I did the only other oval I did was Texas in October last year, and that was a rookie day to on my own to get approved to do this. And uh, Indy is very different from Texas. Texas is mm-hmm. 215, 220, consistently turning, no mental breaks, just flat out scary, flat out scary. You know, you come here, there's a rhythm to this place. You know, it's it's an apex you have time to think time to flow corners it's like a road course like you said it's more of a road course than it is an oval but it still has its oval characteristics you know you got to know which lines to play you got to know how to pass cars you got to know how to use the draft to your advantage and uh, i think that's the fun part of it so have you had that moment yet at the speed where you've gone through a corner and the car has done something you weren't expecting you've gone whoa i wasn't expecting that uh, not in Indy yet because we ran pretty high downforce in the ROP, but in, man, in Texas, I came off too. I was so, uh, too, you know, I, I was a little nervous. I thought I was actually going to hit the wall there for a second. And, you know, car, car jumps and moves very differently at 220 miles an hour than it does at 120. It moves a lot faster. It's so much harder to predict. It does things that I don't expect. So it, it's all a new experience for me. And even coming in out of the pits here, I mean, it's, it's weird because the steering wheel's not straight. The car feels like it's dog walking. I mean, it's, it's got some characteristics that, as a race car driver, someone's never done ovals that just feel flat out strange. So you're ready for that time when you go into the, you're talking to Michael, and he says, okay, we're going to do this to the car. We're going to pull this much down for us, so you're going to be going, ah, you sure you want to do that? Are you ready for that? I don't think I'll have a choice, <laughs> to be honest. So, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I think Mike, I think Mike and Poncho are really curious to see what happens when they pull the downforce out with me behind the wheel. And uh, to be honest, I'm just about as curious as they are. So, Well, Santino, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show. And best of luck this year at Indianapolis. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Now, that was Steve Zaki with Santino Ferrucci down at the Grand Prix of Indianapolis when we come back. I sat down with Simon Pagano, and we'll hear that next. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. the final inspection show here on sports radio 105.7 fm the fan jeff orlowski the polish pipe bomb here uh we turn now to the great midwest bank hotline and welcome in the driver the number 22 menards team penske chevrolet simon pagino how you doing simon i'm doing great thanks for having me jeff hey thank you for a few minutes of your time now i know that uh you know, obviously a busy weekend. You got the uh, Grand Prix of Indianapolis coming up in uh, a, a little bit later today. So it's got to be super busy for you. I appreciate you uh, taking some time for us. 
No problem. It's uh, spot of the job, as they say. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, we're getting ready for the race, and um, it's a big month. Obviously, month of May, is we have the Indy Grand Prix, um, and then um, we're going to have the Indianapolis 500, which is the biggest race of the year. And, um, you know, we're also getting ready for the rest of the championship and, most importantly, Road America. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we get into uh, to all that kind of stuff, you um... – you know, you've got three top tens this year. You only the only real bad race you had was down in Austin, where you finished nineteenth. But uh, you know, it's still a long way from twenty seventeen when you had two wins, five wins in twenty sixteen. How far off do you think you are right now to getting back into victory lane? I think we're pretty close, to be honest with you, Jeff. I think you know, a lot of the time um, circumstances came in the came in play. And uh, that's the reason why we haven't won more races already or, or be on the podium more. But the performance is really good. I'm very happy with my uh, my Menard Chevrolet car um, and Tim Penske. They're doing a fantastic job. So I just know it's coming. To be honest with you, I'm you know I'm working my, I'm working really hard. Uh, my team is behind me, and uh, all we need is to have the star line, and, and we'll be right back up there. But uh, we'll be fighting for the championship this year, no question. What's the thing that surprised you the most about driving for Roger Penske? Uh, there's no surprise, really. That's probably what surprised me the most. <laughs> <laughs> in, most teams, in most teams you drive for, uh, there are surprises and uh, disappointments sometimes because, you know, um, resources are not what you expect. And, and in racing, everything is very expensive. Where at Tim Penske, we have uh, amazing engineers, uh, the top-notch, uh, we have all the resources we need, um, and I would say there's no surprises except maybe Roger asking you what you need to go faster, and you know that's that's very reassuring, and um, I love it when Roger asks me those questions because uh, I know he's gonna provide me whatever I need. What uh, what do you call him? Do you call him Mr. Penske? You call him Uncle Roger? What do you call uh, <laughs> what do you call him? Of course, you would ask. Um, we call him we call him the captain. He's the captain of the ship. Uh, but uh, he, you know, I call him boss. I call him Roger. Um, but uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't venture calling him anything else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. What uh, you know, obviously, IndyCar. You pretty much spend the entire month of May down in Indianapolis. Uh, the Grand Prix today. You got the Indy 500 in a couple weeks. What? Off the track thing is your favorite part about spending May in Indianapolis. Well, I love you know I've been in I've been living in Indianapolis. I'm not living here no more, but uh, I lived in Indianapolis for nine years. Um, so I've I've had I've been lucky enough to see the city develop um, and a lot of restaurants open. I'm a foodie guy, so um, I love going to restaurants, uh, experience new food. Uh, new restaurants, um, that's something I really enjoy. So, you know, there's a lot of good choices and places to go downtown. Downtown is an awesome place. Um, so those are the things I like to do. Unfortunately, no much time during the month of May, but, uh, you know, we're, we're busy going left, right, and center. Uh, but um, there's a lot to do in Indy. They have uh, actually Sarah Fisher opened uh, a new go-kart place uh, just across the street from the Speedway. And if you're in town, that's an awesome place to go. Well, there was Simon Pagano. Had to cut it short because we're running out of time here on the abridged version of the final inspection show. Got preempted by an hour for uh, cutting.
Cubs Brewers pregame right now. That game is scoreless in the third inning. Uh, Brewers, they have their leadoff runner at first base. Want to thank everybody for tuning in to the final inspection show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Hope you enjoy both the IndyCar race and the NASCAR race today. Hope you guys and all you mothers out there have a fantastic Mother's Day. Uh, do not uh, make sure you get uh, mom something. Do not end up on the uh, wrong side of that one. Uh, she will make you pay. So uh, thanks for tuning in. I want to thank Dennis Michelson from D-Mike Media for joining the show and Steve Zaki for being a guest on his own show. He'll be back in studio next week when we'll have another edition of the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove and David Hobbs Honda. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 